Hello and welcome to the Mastin Kip Podcast. I'm your host, Mastin Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that. My team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mastin Kip Podcast. So what controls decisions is meaning, okay? Now, where is meaning in the functional coaching triangle? pyramid is it the top where is it so what's at the top let's just recall the very top behavior and is it enough to change the behavior just to do the opposite is contrary action enough what do you guys think yes or no come on guys real loud yes or no no way okay so what's below the behavior do you remember thoughts or stories right and what's below that? Emotion. Now, here's the thing, okay? Cortical, subcortical. This is all prefrontal cortex, sensory motor behavior, all the type of stuff, okay? What's below the emotion? It's context or what? That's right, meaning. Okay? Now, meaning is subconscious. You could also call it, when we talk about uh, polybiblical theory, neuroception or neuroexpectancy. So what this means is our nervous system that's not part of our conscious brain, okay, has expectations about what certain things mean before you can consciously think about it. Now, why would we have that? Past experience, yes, but why would it be a part of our wiring? Think about this. That's right, because how fast do you have to respond in the presence of a threat in the wild? Bam! That fast. Like, you're just going to fucking do some shit, right? If you have to feel it, think about it, and act, you will be eaten before that happens. Who follows? Does this make sense? So it's how we're wired and stuff like that. So when we talk about meaning, it's not the, I'm going to decide right now this means this. That's certainly true that that's part of it. But if you only get your sort of mind and mentalized idea behind it and you don't get your body on board, how long does that meaning last? Probably till the end of the session. Does that make sense? So we have a neural expectation that's before we can consciously think 
that's filtering information that says this is good, this is bad, this is it's basically your body's always saying these questions: friend or foe. So uh, blank face, friend or foe. Happy face. If you're happy, maybe if you're sad, maybe not. Right? What about like a vague brown object coming at you quickly? Is that a bear? <laughs> What about water? What about a first date? What about going live on Facebook? Friend or foe? Oh, fr sure, friend, for some of us. Anyone like, that's a foe is thing, Facebook. Who thinks Facebook live is a foe, if we're honest? Right? Yeah. Right? Receiving abundantly, friend or foe? Not your brain. Oh, yes, I want to. No. Down below, friend or foe? So we are making these assessments all the time. And so what we have to do is we have to become really aware of it and understand that, yes, it's a top-down, bottom-up approach. So what does top-down mean? If we're going to change things top-down, what does that mean? I have to use my prefrontal cortex and that higher reasoning center to think things through, have critical thinking. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. It actually means this. That's a vital part. But if you don't get your body on board, then what? Your nervous system will go, that's a bunch of bullshit. That's some seminar bullshit. That's not fucking true. Here's 30 fucking reasons why, right? And our unconscious and subconscious nervous system is a fucking litigator. It is. And you shouldn't call it a flashback. No, no, it's evidence. Submit evidence A, why this is bullshit. B, C, D, I'm having all these memories come back right when there's something really nice happening, right when it's starting to go really good. Anyone have things go real good and you start to worry about the shoe dropping? Who worries about that shit? And you have all these ideas and reasons and memories about why the shoe will drop? And litigating yourself. Why does that happen? Why do we have traumatic flashbacks? What's the purpose? Is your body just trying to scare the shit out of you to sell more big pharma drugs? Something triggered it. It doesn't happen randomly, right? If you have PTSD from a battle, okay, and you're in like a calm float tank, the likelihood of you having a trigger is very low unless your affect is coming up, right? What's going to probably trigger a PTSD if you're in combat? Firecrackers, some like exhaust blowing out, stuff like that. Who follows? Does this make sense? Now, why does that happen? Because it's a neuroceptive, unconscious response to a possible threat. So it's not a flashback. It's litigation saying you're unsafe. And so what we have to do is challenge that. And there's lots of ways to do it, but the goal is to realize that meaning is not just top down, it's bottom up. So what happens is when you have a bottom up response that you're not aware of, what's the goal? What should you do? You drink it away? Should you just do some ayahuasca and go on a journey? Maybe, but only? No. Move? Sure. What we have to do is, yeah, that's right. We have to befriend that part of our body. We have to befriend it because we exile parts of ourselves. Some of us call it a monster. Some of us call it something we don't know. But the idea is, is that the parts of ourselves that are most vulnerable, we will isolate away. Now, let me give you an example in my own life to make this really concrete, okay? So growing up, my mom, first 15 years, certainly the first 10 years of my life, my mom was in and out of the hospital, tons, multiple surgeries, died multiple times on the operating table, 
all kinds of crazy shit, okay? Opiates, you name it, she was on all that stuff. And doctors were not woke in the 80s at all, okay? They're just not at all. And they're not, really today, it's still bad, but the 80s was worse, okay? And so my father and I, now he had PTSD from Vietnam, which I didn't know, okay? But my father and I were always trying to monitor, and mostly him, I was watching him, but then I started to speak up, what they were doing. Because do, they, do, do nurses and doctors, even though they're good people, pay hyper-close attention to all the little minute details of every patient that goes in their hospital? What do you think? They can't, right? And are they up to date on the most recent stuff? No, right? And so the idea is, is that we had to be all over it to make sure they were doing the right stuff. So my nervous system wire got wired to say, hey, if we don't get this right, she's going to die. Now, in the, at that time, was it true? She died twice, guys. And true. Okay? Now, how do you think that could serve? If we don't get this right, she'll die. What would be good about that? So I push things, I push back on things. What else? Assertive, that's right. What else? Research. Did you guys start to understand me? All those parts of why I do those things? Because guess what? No, 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 don't do that. Do this. I can't tell you how many times I've said that shit to a doctor or a nurse. I remember one time I was in a, in a hospital uh, fighting for someone to stay there overnight. And the nurse was like, uh, well, you can't do that. That's not a good idea. I go, well, actually, did you know that when two people are in dyadic relationship and in proximity, it promotes a ventral vagal response, which down regulates the sympathetic nervous system to promote health and healing in your patient, which I would assume you want, right, nurse? And she goes, well, are you leaving? <laughs> right? But like, that's like, it, it, I, I know how to be a patient advocate really well because I grew up like that. Now, what could go wrong with that automatic wiring? Say what? So maybe always trying to fix someone. What do you say? Not trusting people. What else? Say what? Not trusting the system. I'm the only one that can do it right. Too hypervigilant. Ah, what happens when I stop doing that? What were you going to say? You whispered it. Pushing people away. That's right. What else? What were you going to say? I was my Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, no, 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 don't apologize. I just, you know, all good. So you start pushing people away. Here's the thing, too. And this is one of the biggest things, guys. You write off vulnerability. You can't be vulnerable because people are going to fuck it up. And if you're not able to be vulnerable in a relationship, what happens? You can't be in them. Not a good one. Super avoidant. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if you look at my history, of course I'm avoidant. Who wants to be in that environment all the fucking time with your mother's life potentially on the line, everyone giving you shitty fucking news all the time, and you're trying to prove them fucking wrong? And they're in the white coats in this higher power thing, right? Like, of course you're going to be fucking avoidant, right? And vulnerability equals what? Death. So on a neuroceptive unconscious level, anytime there's vulnerability, what would happen to someone with that pattern? 
They what? They got to leave and they have to cope. Now, how would someone with that pattern cope? What, what, what makes them feel safe? I'm talking about myself, by the way. Taking care of others, being in control. Here's how I learned how to be safe growing up. I had to be right. Which means I had to research shit and go, here's why you're wrong. Now, could that be good for my chosen profession? Yeah, I made a whole profession out of it. I'm trying to disrupt the whole system now. That's how I'm wired, right? But why would that not be good to try to prove why I'm right? What would that do to somebody else? That's right. Now, there are certain people that should be shut down, but not your partner. They need to be empathized with. And if they show vulnerability, what would that signal my nervous system? That they're going to die. So I'm going to do anything not to go there. Who follows? So this could be really good for patient advocacy, really shitty for a relationship. Right? But I cope by being smarter. I also cope by being bigger. Because if I'm bigger than somebody, what can I do? I can make them, I can look at you and go, you're going to do this. Now, is there a time and place to do that? Yeah. Why are you laughing? Yeah. Look, most doctors aren't taller than me. <laughs> okay. Like, I pull all kinds of tricks sometimes, right? Sometimes I introduce myself as Dr. Kip. I don't care, right? If it gets the result. Sometimes in, in hospitals, they're not even allowed to like, bring supplements in, right? Crazy shit, right? So the idea is I cope by being right and by being bigger. Now, that's awesome in a sense, but what's missing in that equation? How is it out of balance? So feeling safe without doing that, exactly. What would it mean if I didn't? It would mean somebody would die. Now, is that always true? No. What were you going to say? Reciprocity. Conversation. Very good. So give and take. No, no, I'm just going to tell you what to do. Right? Time and place. Right? If you're in a war zone and people are freaking out and they don't know what to do, go here. Because that's what people need to hear in that moment. Right? But in day-to-day stuff, that's like borderline abusive. Certainly not psychologically safe. What else is missing is vulnerability and realizing that the way that secure attachments produce is by being vulnerable and having someone be there for you. That's not something that my nervous system was used to, right? Which is why when I met Jenna, it's, I was scared shitless. My brain and body was like, this is the person for me. Why is she scaring the shit out of me, <laughs> right? And one of my favorite things about Jenna is how vulnerable she is in terms of her emotional accessibility. Now, why do you think that's attractive to me? Because that's what I never had. Who follows? This makes sense. And if someone's usually vulnerable and emotional, what did they never have? A protector, strength, and stuff like that, right? So opposites attract in that way. And if you don't become like each other, all of a sudden things start to shift and change. But this is why relationships are so fucking interesting or hard or terrifying or dramatic is because you're challenging each other's neuroception, what things mean. No, you can't do that because if you do that, then Well, no, I'm doing that because if I didn't do that, then And all of a sudden, you're just like up against each other's stuff. Who follows? Does this make sense? You guys with me so far? Okay, so I'm trying to ground it, okay? So then the most important question we're going to ask is what? If meaning controls it, what's the question that's so important there? What does this what? Mean. That answer to that is so vital, right? Vulnerability, well, that means that you're going to misdiagnose them and hurt them and take them away from me. Or maybe it means we're getting closer. I don't know. Just depends on the context. 
And when you ask yourself this question, what does it mean? What part of you is doing the asking usually? The higher part, that PFC part. And what part of you are you asking the question to? A subcortical part. Here's what happens. People answer questions. They'll ask a question from a subcortical vulnerable place. We'll start to understand it, and the higher consciousness will start to kick in. The prefrontal will kick in. That doesn't make any sense. And you negate yourself versus trying to understand yourself. So when you ask a question, you got to ask yourself what part of me is asking the question. And when you answer it, you got to ask yourself what part of me is answering. If you're trying to get an answer from a traumatized part of you, don't answer it from your prefrontal cortex, for God's sake, with rational thought. Call that. Just that shit. Okay? So what does this mean? That's self-inquiry to parts of you that have not had a lot of voice yet, and it's usually in the body. And the answers usually will scare the part of you or push, be negated by the part of you that doesn't want to hear that. Because that part of you that's vulnerable, what do you think it feels like to be a two- or three-year-old kid seeing their mom in and out of hospitals? Do you think that's like a vulnerable place to be? I think it's a terrifying place to be. It's a place my nervous system never wants to go. So I have to bring out my higher functioning, higher reasoning skills and go, why don't you want to go there? Why don't you want to go there? Tell me more about that, right? I don't answer, well, because of it. No, like what's going on down here is the question. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.